Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Do you find yourself a little anxious on this Wednesday? Starting to feel the pressure, the squeeze of championship week? Ah, yes, for many of you, it is here. Decisions must be made. And as always, we'll help you with decisions and just help you enjoy your Wednesday. We welcome you into Fantasy Sports Daily. Kyle Ulfring on this end. Ray Flowers hanging out in the shark tank on the other end. Good to see you, Ray. How goes it this morning? Good. I'm realizing that as you say that, I totally blew it. Uh, I didn't wear a shark jersey today. I don't know why. Ah, I would terrible, terrible, I tell you. Yeah, so I am. But uh, I'm good. Uh, we're, we're ready to go. Looking forward to, to week 17. It's championship week. Yeah, if, if memory serves correct, Ray, um, and this may be incorrect, but for some reason I think you have a life-size shark outfit that you have worn before where your head is like in the mouth of the shark. Don't mm -hmm. you, you have something like that uh, in the closet? I do. Uh, and it's actually Tipsy Elves. It's a okay. Tipsy Elves costume. Uh, and so it goes around my head. I've got the shark teeth, like you said. You got the, the, the dorsal fin on the back. You got the pectoral fins on the arms. Uh, my uh, significant other, she bought it for me. She got one herself. We actually went to oh. a, uh, a, a Halloween winery event. So it was, it was a dress-up, but we're at a winery, Kyle, dressed up as sharks. We were the only ones dressed up as sharks there. Well, I, I beg of you, both of you, get to a game, wear those outfits. Ray, you'll get on the Jumbotron. I, I can guarantee if you go to the take anytime this year, they're terrible, tickets are cheap, all that stuff. Dress in your shark outfit, ride the public transport, everybody want to take photos with you. You will be the man of the match. If you go into the tank, you and your significant other with those outfits. Guaranteed rate. Probably three periods worth of you guys being on the Jumbotron. Man of the match. I like that. I might yeah. have, because of that title, I might have to take you up on that. That's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to get you back in the groove with your sharks. They're terrible. But uh, now yeah. is the time for Ray Flowers to, to get back into the world of hockey. We welcome you in to FSD. Um, busy show. I mean, there's not a ton occurring, but there are things that are occurring and there are things that might be adjusting some of your plans for week 17. Let's give you the rundown of what we've got over the next 45 minutes to an hour or so. The uh, news coming out this morning that perhaps CJ Stroud could be back for week 17. If the Texans have him for their game against Tennessee, should you the fantasy player maybe think about CJ Stroud and throw him back into your lineup? That may be a question for some of you in the championship week. So we'll talk about the latest with the Texans and the uh, possible return of CJ Stroud. Uh, Got to talk about the NFL MVP race. Uh, we'll give you some of the latest odds from DraftKings.com. Um, every week, it seems to adjust. Who is the leader? Uh, this week, it's Lamar Jackson's turn after the big win against San Francisco. But Ray and I will give you our take on the uh, many possibilities for NFL MVP. The uh, race still ongoing. Um, as noted yesterday, we didn't expect good news with TJ Hawkinson. The news is not good. Now the question becomes, where will he be in terms of returning for 2024? We'll take our first look at the uh, full schedule of Week 17 action. Uh, the early window on Sunday, I think, is the biggest early window that we have had all season long. Uh, there is a load of games in the 1 o'clock window. We have a game on Thursday. There's a game on Saturday night. 
So Ray and I will uh, give the rundown there of the week to come, some odds, numbers, all that stuff. NFL talk with our friend Scott Bonder. I don't believe we've gotten Scott on the show. Our schedules have never really matched up, but today we are locked and loaded. Um, Scott always handles the tight end DFS write-up. I think that's out every Friday over at fantasyguru.com. And so uh, we'll get an early read on maybe some of the names he's thinking about from a DFS perspective for this week. And we will sneak in a little bit of hot stove. It's not fair, Ray, to call it hot, though. The, the news we've got is, as you can see, there is is rather tepid, which I, I don't even think tepid rises. Like you could stick your hand in a bo- uh, 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 you know, a, a, a skillet, a, you know, whatever of tepid water, right? You could do that, Ray. It wouldn't burn you. I, well, it might burn me. It wouldn't burn my partner. She can like put her hand in molten lava. True. What? What? I, I'm good with ice. She's good with heat. Like she puts her hand in the oven and grabs things. I don't even understand how it's possible. I, I, yeah, yeah, that's that's very. Yeah. Awkward. Is she Thanos? I mean, what, what is going <laughs> yeah, on? Right. I don't know. Man, Just, like the Flash came on. I don't know, but she she's and I I got I so I always get the cold things and she always gets the hot things. So. No, I think you can handle the uh, the tepid water. Tepid, I could probably do. Yeah, of, of this MLB hot stove. So we'll sneak in that before we get out of here. As oh, there it is. There it is, Ray Flowers. Man, you look mean. Looks like oh. I'm Ray Flowers there. And there's my autographed shark uh, picture, too, that's hanging on the wall now. Yeah. Uh, you know, Patrick Marlowe coming out of the shark head with all the signatures from the team. Is this is this head to toe, the shark yeah. outfit? Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, wow. It's got a zipper all the way from, like, up to the neck, down to the leg? Yep. Yeah, up and down. It's just the torso. So you can go up from the bottom for okay. easy access to urinate and down. Yeah. So. <laughs> Very good. Because even sharks go to the bathroom. <laughs> you learn that. Um, if you'd like to join us uh, via Facebook, X, YouTube, uh, as always, send some questions already, some coming in. So we'll find a spot to kind of sneak those in. As always, we've got promos for our faithful listeners. So, Ray, give us the rundown. What's uh, what's the specials that we have here at the end of December? Yeah, it's the running one here on the show. You've heard it many times before. If you haven't used it yet, now's the time to use it. FSD20. That gets you 20% discount on any of the products. When I say any of the products, I mean you can buy the Oracle t-shirt, you can buy a Jeff Mann's t-shirt, you can buy a baseball cap, you can buy the football product, you can buy the hockey product, basketball, whatever it is. We got at fantasyguru.com the promo code FSD20. And then we don't even have a promo code for this next option. This is just what we're doing for the rest of the season. And that is, if you want to do seasonal fantasy football, well, you got a week left here. Most people don't play week 18. But if you want to do DFS, we got you covered. As we talked about, Scott Bonder is part of the team that covers that every week as well. So that promo code is, again, non-existent. It's just you sign up at the website for the DFS package, and for $50 from now through the Super Bowl, you're covered. You get all of it. You get the Discord. You get the articles. You get the live streams. You get the coaching breakdowns, all of that for the DFS game through the Super Bowl for only $50 at FantasyGuru.com. Okay. So uh, do indeed check it out. Uh, A great time to uh, get on board as uh, the seasons and calendars flip over here in late December. And uh, hard to believe 2024 is just days away as we get rolling here at FantasyGuru.com. Okay, let's jump into the news and kind of get rolling with the show, Ray. And we'll start with the news from Ian Rappaport, who, as we have noted, uh, Mr. Rappaport has turned over a new leave. His reporting has vastly improved in the last 12 months, I would say. Uh, This morning, Ray, he is dropping a tidbit that C.J. Stroud is expected to return to practice for the Houston Texans. Now, that does not mean, with the way the concussion protocol runs, that, uh, hey, if he practices, he's good to go for Sunday. But it's a very good sign, Ray. He's already missed um, the last two weeks 
um, after uh, suffering the injury. I guess, gosh, what was it, week uh, 14, I guess, on the uh, it, with the injury where his head was slammed into the turf. Didn't look good then. Obviously, it was a legitimate and uh, long-term concussion, knocking him out for two weeks. But practice for him, good sign. We'll see how he reacts, recovers, all of that. I think the big issue, Ray, is for people playing this, whether a hey, hey, semifinal or, or consolation games too, we often forget about those, but some people are playing for third pay, place. That could be for some money. Uh, but Ray, C.J. Stroud, that is a guy who by about week five, people said, okay, he's going to be my starting quarterback. I'm going to roll with C.J. Stroud. And it had, for the most part, done well for 10 weeks. Then we had the concussion. People have probably had to, to go to a backup or, or maybe the guy they drafted originally as their QB1. What about this week? If he is cleared to play, do you feel comfortable enough to like say, man, I got something on the line and I'm turning back to CJ Stroud coming off the concussion? You know, that it's a great question. And the rankings have been updated uh, over at fantasyguru.com. So we're good to go now for week 17. I mean, I think that for the majority of people, the answer is going to be we start CJ Stroud. And right now he's listed as a QB1 in the rankings. Uh, and I think that. You know, with the state of the position that we've talked about, maybe you got lucky and you grabbed Joe Flacco and it's working, right? Okay. Yeah. But there's so many quarterbacks out there that just aren't good. They're just not. There's even a couple teams this week where we're not even positive who's their starting quarterback is going to be. You know, Trevor Lawrence is hurt, all these junky quarterbacks. And so as uneasy as it would seem to be on the surface, I think a lot of people really aren't going to have much of a choice, Kyle, because, you know, like, what are you going to do? You're going to do Tyrod Taylor or Tommy DeVito yeah. or. Case Keen, like these guys are so bad. I think that Stroud, well, obviously, wouldn't do Keen, but I think that Stroud has just shown himself to be so effective minus that last game that he played that it's just really hard not to, even if it doesn't make you feel comfortable. If this were week three, Ray, and a guy was coming off a concussion or week four, you would have other options. You would have a healthier position. You would have teams that are in a better spot where, you know, their top receivers aren't hurt or their top running back. Like things would be different. But in this week, Ray, the quarterback position has been so mauled. Mm -hmm. It's like through no real, I guess, gain of his own. CJ Stroud's probably a QB one. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, and, and we've always said with concussions, the assumption Ray is it's not really coming back from an injury. I know it is, but it's not like, Oh, his shoulder has been aching and he took two weeks off. How's he going to look with the way they follow the, the rules and regulations of the protocol. You feel like if he's good to go, he's good to go. And so that's going to help Stroud, I think, in a lot of setups. And and I think he is the starter for a lot of people this week. You mentioned Flacco, and we'll talk about this with Scott Bonder coming up, Ray. But, you know, as as any Flacco owner, owner knows, they play on Thursday and they're playing the Jets. Like, as good as Flacco has been, I might drop him behind Stroud. The problem with that is, are we making the decision on Thursday afternoon knowing that C.J. Stroud's going to play. My honest opinion, Ray, is mm -hmm. fast forward 36 hours from now, right. we probably don't have confirmation on C.J. Stroud. And so, like, that particular decision for the for the sliver of owners that have a Flacco-Stroud combo, that is an absolute battle royale in your head to see who you're going to choose there. It is, and I can relate it to Week 16 because I, as long with a lot of listeners, I'm sure went through this. You had Michael Pittman. He wasn't going to play. Oh, so you run into the way where we're picking up Parker Washington or whatever there, DJ Montgomery. Then he's going to play. 
Oh, holy crap. He's going to play. Pivot's going to play. Get him back in your lineup. Then he's not going to play. So it's like this roller coaster. And it just goes to show you that just because we think one thing on a Wednesday and something different on a Friday, we can have something different on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And you can't take a zero. And you can't have it be a scenario where you end up looking at the wave wire. And, man, you know what? I got to go, you know, Bailey Zappi because that's all that's there. Because everyone, like you said, the position has been so beat up. Everyone has got spotty. Not everyone. Majority of people – well, they're probably out of the playoffs. Majority of people <laughs> still playing probably have a, a solid quarterback, I would imagine, right? I don't think there's too many people out there that are, are rolling out Tyler Heineke or Bailey Zappi. But with the way that the, the position has been picked through through the season, there may be no one on the waiver wire for you to add. So you have to be very cautious. Of course, you can't be taking a zero. You can have setbacks, as we're, we're discussing here. And Flacco against the Jets is interesting because it's not a good matchup. Flacco every game can have about four interceptions. Mm-hmm. He's just flinging the ball. You know, it's been great. But there's been a couple of plays every game where it's like, eh. and you know, he knows the Jets from his time there, kinda. I don't know if that helps at all. I think that's maybe a little bit more of a storyline than anything else, but they know him too as well, Kyle. And and whereas he appears to have a pretty difficult matchup, I think it's fair, fair to say in almost all like pass defense rankings, the Jets are like top five for the most part. With Stroud Ray, he's going up against Tennessee. Um, I, I would say they're average at best as a pass defense. You you look at some of the numbers and they have not given up many passing touchdowns. I mean, to their credit, they've only given up 12, I think it is. Or no, excuse me, 17 passing touchdowns, uh, which is top three in the league. So they haven't allowed the passing touchdowns. But overall, it's, a, it's an average defense. They're going to be the road team here. Um, I think Stroud's a QB1. And, and we'll just have to be patient. I know people don't like that. Ray and I were discussing that before the show. You know, it is Wednesday. That game is Sunday, uh, but certainly for the people who have the Thursday decision with Flacco, uh, you might have to fast forward that decision just a bit. So if we hear anything on Stroud uh, in the next 30 minutes or so, uh, we'll pass it along. Certainly tomorrow, Friday, we'll give you the latest on that situation. You know, there are other QB situations, and I I don't hope that these matter to anybody, Ray, but I mean, it's kind of wild, and I get it. It, It's like this at the end of the season where it's it's a survival of the fittest kind of thing in the NFL. Um, Washington, we just got news. It looks like Jacoby Brissett is going to be the guy, which I I get it, Ray. He's probably better than Sam Howell. To me, I I say your team sucks. Season's over. Have you already determined if Sam Howell is back? I see this decision to go to Jacoby Brissett, Ray, and it kind of screams to me that the commanders have finally come around to my line of thinking. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying this consistently all year with Howell. He's not the future. Mm-hmm. he's young he's cheap but if you have interest in winning being a playoff team he's not your guy and there was a lot of pushback on that back in September we're saying how look good and oh wow look but Ray this decision to go with Brissett that that's kind of a long-term decision it's it's the commander's kind of, I don't know if throwing in the towel on Sam Howell is too strong of a, a statement mm-hmm. but that's kind of what this decision says to turn to Brissett for for this week and maybe next week as well yeah, and I've been right there with you with the Sam Howell thing, saying he's not it. He's not a franchise quarterback. We'll see what he can do and develop. And, you know, I also caution people, like, look at these matchups down the stretch. They're not good. So even if, you know, you think Sam Howell is the guy, playoffs don't look good on on, on paper. Uh, Brissett has arguably looked better the last couple of weeks. The offense has looked better the last couple of weeks. He's in there. Guess what? Terry McLaurin actually catches passes. What a shock. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think that the the – you see this on the surface, and I agree completely with what you said. 
the the one pullback here is that you know their head coach is gone. Like, they're not they're not bringing back, bringing bringing him back. So I don't know if this decision impacts the next regime. I don't know the answer to that. I know that if you're you're trying to build if you're trying to build a winning team with a less than elite quarterback and Sam Howell's less than elite, there's no way anyone can argue that. You can't have that guy turn the ball over. And Sam Howell is a turnover machine. He's a turnover machine, and he holds the ball and holds the ball and holds the ball and holds the ball and gets sacked. It doesn't work. So whoever is going to be coaching this team next year is going to have to make the decision of Sam Howell versus the free agent field or whoever we draft in the fourth round kind of thing. But this is not good news, obviously, uh, for anyone that's looking at Sam Howell thinking they've got an answer in the Dynasty League. And and commander fans certainly know this, but for those who maybe don't follow the team or the franchise, you know, year in, year out, it is wild, Ray, to, to look at their run of quarterbacks in like the last 25 years. I mean, they, they have struggled to find anyone. It looked for like a, a moment that RG3 was going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And then that blew up. And, and even before RG3, it was a scramble. I mean, they are going on like three decades, Ray of not having what I would consider a, a QB who is built for the long haul. <laughs> like they have, it, it's fascinating. And and people look at these big contracts. This is why nobody wants to end up like the commanders, Ray, where it's 30 years without in effect, a legitimate quarterback under center. And this is what happened to them when it came Kirk Cousins time, they didn't pay the money. And yeah, that was it. Like you're saying, and it's, you know, in, in, we're in a weird era in the NFL because there is so much athleticism at the quarterback position. It's crazy. Like you go and watch video from 1985 and you look at it. They don't even look, they don't play the position the same. It's totally different. It all looks like everybody in the league is Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of right. He's in 85. Like Joe Montana was a super athletic guy. Why? Cause he could roll out and throw a pass. Like, you know, he, he was a good athlete though, but he was not like these guys. Uh, and so even the guys that, aren't good quarterback can even Desmond Ritter is extremely athletic, right? Yeah. The problem is a lot of these guys are just not good quarterbacks. They're just not. And teams are fighting that battle of this is what's coming to us through college. How much can we coach these guys up? You know, Joe Flacco, it's, it's a great story, but think about it. Joe Flacco's 500 years old. He's slower than me. And he, he couldn't, he couldn't, I can't like when they did like a quarterback sneak, like we last week, I almost laughed. I'm like, what are you doing? Like he's the most unathletic guy in the NFL at the quarterback position right now. And he's winning football games. And it's very rare to see a guy be a po- pure pocket passer just doing that. And that's yeah. even a greater part of the story. But, yeah, the, it, the commanders have made some bad decisions. And they got to figure out the coaching staff. And they got to figure out that quarterback spot. As we both said, we don't think Sam Howell's that guy. So, again, it looks like Brissett's going to be the guy for the commanders. Oh, by the way, he gets to face the 49ers. So, uh, yeah. good luck with that on Sunday. Sounds like uh, the Steelers will go with Mason Rudolph again in Week 17. Uh, the Jets for that game on Thursday will not have Zach Wilson. He's pretty well out, so we're probably getting Trevor Simeon yet again for New York. Um, also with Cleveland, and again, place kickers, Ray hates them. I at least update you on the big news, but uh, Dustin Hopkins is out, who's a good kicker. So make sure people go hunt down a kicker. Ray, give me a kicker. There got to be somebody on the waiver. I'll give you a kicker story. I had Riley Patterson on my team, who the the Lions decided just you know move on from midweek, right? Right. So then I I went to Dustin Hopkins because he had been dropped (laughs) because of a buy. So then I had Dustin Hopkins. So I went one week with zero points at a kicker because I was answering questions on Twitter. I didn't have time to change my lineup. Second week I got two points for my kicker because he got hurt on a kick return, right? So now I don't know who the hell I'm going to grab. I don't know. I was looking at it the other day. Michael Badgley. I mean, do you just go with the Lions kicker? I mean, why not? 
right on the waiver wire. You know, and I think right now I'm looking at the rankings. We got him 13th. Yeah. Um, maybe Jason Myers is on the waiver wire. That's another name. But but, uh, but for the Hopkins owner, Ray, who's at a championship game, they're probably sweating the place kicker decision. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think in, in that league that I talked about picking out, hey, he was the second highest ranked kicker. Or maybe he was first. Yeah. Might have been first. So yeah, that's kickers should not be used. Okay. But if you are using them, don't take a zero. You got to make a move. Uh, finally, there's Minnesota. Um, and Ray, I think a report yesterday said um, any of three quarterbacks may be <laughs> yes. starting this week for the Vikings. If, if they don't play till Monday night, uh, they're up against Green Bay. It's a home game. They're still kind of in the playoff race. I mean, they're not expected to get there, but I think they're still alive. It's it's wild to think any of three. And who is that? That's uh, Dobbs. That's yep. Nick Mullins, who got, you know, Joe Flacco could have thrown six picks. Nick Mullins this past week could have had eight turnovers. Oh my God. And then what, Jaron, was it Jaron Hall? Yeah, so, that, wow. That, that last, Pat, and I've been there. I think we've all been there, but we're not NFL quarterbacks. We try to really juice a throw and the ball squirts out of your hand. Like it happens, right? Nick Mullins on that final interception tried to throw a ball. To, to, did anyone see that? Like that thing came out like a changeup. It was wobbling. Like you can't be an NFL quarterback and do that. That did, And I wrote it in my my breakdown which will be out tomorrow at fantasyguru.com i think the term fling is just yeah. a perfect description of what nick Mullins is doing he was just flinging the ball everywhere all game just flinging it pass after pass he stunk and when you have when you have two quarterbacks and you don't know who's going to start you're in trouble when you have three you don't know who's going to start you've lost yeah. it's already lost it's over for the bike it it really hit me between uh, the eyes on on sunday when i think they had a first and goal from the one and nick mullins is rolling out and rolling and buying time and like at this point you're like chuck it yeah. just throw it out don't don't get sacked at the 11. Right. He, he does throw it but he throws it into triple coverage and it should have been intercepted yeah. i mean it totally should have been and it's just like dude this isn't your first game yeah and you're you got to throw that out of bounds you don't you're at the one yard line get rid of the football and just kind of speaks to why he's never been a starter <laughs> when, you, when you have that moment uh, the news is even worse for the Vikings because, as feared, T.J. Hawkinson, big knee injury, ACL and MCL, um, as expected, his season is over. Uh, speaking of tight ends, speaking of Hawkinson, let's talk to the guy who every week at FantasyGuru.com breaks down the position from a DFS perspective uh, that comes out on Friday. Uh, does a lot of work uh, throughout the baseball season, basketball season, college football season, and we are in the thick of bowl season Kind of a jack of all trades. Scott Bonder is uh, with us here on Fantasy Sports Daily. I think it's our first hello to Scott. Scott, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Hey, what's going on, Ray and Kyle? Longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you for jumping on board. How were the holidays? Were, were, was the Bonder clan having a good uh, holiday season? Yeah, I mean, uh, we we got to see the uh, first NFC Championship uh, or NFC Championship, NFC North Championship for my kids. Let's not jump um, the gun, Scott. You don't <laughs> have an NFC uh, yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, my Lions won the NFC North, so um, that was a big thing. My kids had never seen that. I saw it when I was six years old. So <laughs> sixth grade. I don't know. It's all. It's a long time ago. So. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah, 30 years, 29 years, something like that for the Lions yeah. uh, since they won a title. Speaking of the Lions, speaking of tight ends, we were just talking Hawkinson, a former Lion. Um, he had a great year. I mean, even missing these last two games, 95 catches for TJ Hawkinson. 
Um, now the injury maybe changes the equation and with ACL and MCL, it's, it's not certain he'll be ready for week one, but when you look at this position, Scott, and you've covered it all year, uh, mm. where would Hawkinson kind of land? You think going into 2024, let's assume that things check out and the recovery is good. Where, where would you place them amongst tight ends for next year? Well, I mean, so you wonder what's going to happen with the Kelsey Taylor Swift thing. Maybe, maybe he retires <laughs> and moves on, but Regardless, I think Hawkinson's your top guy going in if he's fully healthy. I mean, he dealt with three or four quarterbacks. Um, you know, you had a guy, obviously, Dobbs, who loved throwing it to, to the tight end. But, you know, Cousins, if Cousins returns, um, Jefferson's finally healthy. I mean, Minnesota had a really good team. You know, they just had a lot of injuries this year. And Hawkinson was one of those consistent guys every single week. I mean, getting nine, ten targets every single week. So, I mean, I have him at number one. I think Kelsey kind of has fallen back. Um, you're kind of seeing some of that kryptonite that the Chiefs are kind of dealing with this year. Um, but I think Hawkinson is your number one guy, hands down. Scott, what about David Njoku? He got paid. He started out kind of slowly, started <laughs> to find his footing a little bit. Uh, obviously, with the changeover to Joe Flacco, his production's exploded. Flacco's obviously not going to be throwing him passes next season. So, Are you sure, Ray? Right? Well, I, that's a good point. I guess we could pay him a million dollars and have our backup be making 48 or whatever the hell uh, Watson's making. What do we do with Njoku, Scott? Because it's like, again, he, he, he's he been paid and he's been there for a long time. He finally looks like you see it, right? He's athletic and he does mm -hmm. all these things. But so much of his production has been with a quarterback that most likely is not going to be throwing him the ball next year. Yeah, no, no, it's interesting, too. I mean, this Browns team has evolved from a primarily running team with Chubb and early on in the season to now they're passing it 40 times a game with Flacco. Mm -hmm. So I think the benefit is, you know, when Flacco was with uh, with Baltimore, he loved the tight ends and, and it's showing with Njoku the last couple of weeks. I mean, he, I think you have to consider him. I mean, every week in daily fantasy from here on out, he's obviously going to be in play. But um Deshaun Watson kind of, you know, he, he hurt the uh, the overall production for this kid. But I would think Cleveland sees what they have with him finally. I think they're going to continue to utilize him in this offense. I still think he's probably a top five next year, um, depending on where everybody's going. I mean, we do have Laporta still there. We still probably have Hawkinson. McBride has kind of broke out. Ingram is around. So, I mean, there's a lot of tight ends. I mean, this position is has become very deep. I mean – you know, over the last couple, you know, seasons. Scott, what about Dalton Kincaid, another youngster? Obviously, five you mentioned. That was the number of passes he was catching week <clears> after week. And Dawson Knox returns, and this is not why, but Dawson directly. Dawson Knox returns, and all of a sudden he can't catch passes anymore. This The team the last couple of weeks hasn't thrown the ball much. There hasn't been much production through the air. Uh, Stefan Diggs has disappeared from the offense for weeks at a time. You know, Milk Carton has shown Gabe Davis, you know, so – it's really hard to get a handle on the, the disjointedness, if you will, of the passing attack here in the second half. But where are we at with Dalton Kincaid? Looked great when Knox was off the field, but there's been some concerns around that. Yeah, I mean, Kincaid was the guy, I think, when he was the sole tight end one, it was definitely an option. Um, Josh Allen has kind of almost, like, taken responsibility of, of running. And, and, I mean, I think he's, you know, taken over 86% of their touchdowns. I think I saw that stat earlier today. Ooh. So it's kind of like – He's kind of take the ball out of the, out of the hand of most of the receivers. You mentioned Diggs. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time Diggs had 100 yards receiving. So, but as far as Kincaid, I mean, I'm staying away from him. Obviously, in dynasty leagues, if you're going to utilize a guy, I don't imagine they re-signed Knox uh, earlier this year. So, 
you're still going to have to deal with that the rest of, you know, the next couple seasons if you're going to use Dynasty. But Kincaid, not a guy in daily fantasy that I can trust um, unless it's, you know, in deep, deep, deep uh, GPPs. One last thing, Scott, and then we'll move on to some other items. Uh, but one last thing at this position. Uh, I mentioned the article, I think, Friday, DFS Week 17. Uh, a lot of people are done season long, so they're thinking DFS. Um, sneak peek, any any names that immediately are, are kind of rising to the top of the pool uh, for Week 17 at tight end? Yeah, I mean, we mentioned Njoku, obviously. Um, you know, he's been playing early, so you're not going to have an opportunity to use him on Sunday. Um, but Kelsey, um, Kelsey's at his lowest point price-wise on DraftKings all year. I mean, 7000 And, you know, as much as he's looked so bad, I mean, you have – you know, a very great bargain with Kelsey. Um, as far as, uh, you know, Cincinnati, they've struggled against tight ends all year. So, I mean, you have an opportunity there. Kansas City's motivated to get another win. You know, you're going to have to probably think that Kansas City is going to go back to the basics and kind of get the ball to Kelsey more. Um, and then you have McBride, uh, who's been there all year. They face Philadelphia, who's, who's pretty much been beat most of the season by tight ends, as well as most of that secondary is pretty depleted. And then you have uh, Ingram. To me, Ingram is like has been like the steady cash play. I mean, Ingram would be your, your top uh, tight end if he actually got in the end zone. I mean, he he has consistently had eight, ten. I mean, the last two two weeks he's had thirty three targets. Or the last three weeks he had thirty three targets. Um, mm-hmm. so he's consistent as all hell. He just doesn't is not scoring. And with him playing the slot, um, it's just an, an opportunity. At 5,700 on DraftKings, I think he's your your cash play. I mean, I'm interested to see what Jeff thinks, too, on, on Saturday well, Kelsey, night. Kelsey, you know, back to him, you mentioned uh, 7K, I think, is a salary. He was up around 8,400 at one point this year. Um, even last week, 75. The week before, 76. The week before that, 78. So it's been a big, big drop for Travis Kelsey going into week 17. Uh, moving to some other items. I know you're a Lions guy. You follow the lines, but you are based kind of in that D.C. Baltimore area. So you see plenty of the Ravens, the commanders, all that stuff. What to talk about the Ravens since, you know, you're kind of close to the situation and they have the big win on Sunday night. Um, is this a better Ravens team? Is Lamar Jackson built for this to be the year where they have the playoff run? Because, Scott, you know, every year they're here, they're involved, and then every year they kind of disappoint. Do you, do you feel the Ravens are different this season? You know, the NFL is week to week, and, and I know we're, we're here uh, after the Ravens had that big win against the Niners in, in San Francisco. So I think, yeah, there's an opportunity there. The AFC is very tough. I think a lot of those teams, I mean, Cleveland's already beat them. Um, you know, Kansas City's not going to just go away easily. Buffalo has not kind of got gotten real, real strong here recently. And then you just never know what you're going to get from Jacksonville week to week. So um, last year, obviously – Lamar Jackson wasn't there um, a couple years ago when he did play in the playoffs. He was, you know, just an elite player. The one thing I think it's different is that, you know, even though he lost Andrews, I think the the draft picks with, you know, Kyle Hamilton last year. And then this year with Z- Z- Zay Flowers, I think he's gotten more weapons in that offense. In the beginning of the year, you can see the struggles they had um, early on, but I think he's kind of understand that that passing uh, offense that he's, needs to be utilizing rather than using his legs um to to get more production overall so long story short i think it's a tough road in the afc i mean but i think any of those teams in the afc just like in the nfc i think it's just so wide open this year that one or two games of a fumble here and there an interception is just 
you know, your, your team's done. You go as far as your quarterback in the NFL. That's that's always mm-hmm. been true. <laughs> well, and there and there's some truth to that in the fantasy space too, uh, Scott. And I think that's that's where my next question comes. No one's going to draft the Niners' quarterback because they want Sam Darnold. They would draft the Niners' quarterback because they want Brock Purdy. What do you think about the idea of us next year moving to team quarterback? Because oh, I love you know, it. That, because, you know, Joe Burrow, you get Jake Brown. You already got him. You can make a switch onto the web wire if you want, but you already got a guy versus – you're already being penalized losing the star. Tell us why you like the idea. Well, I mean, imagine if you had Aaron Rodgers week one. I mean, you would have been stuck the, – the first game, you'd have been completely out of it. I'm sure a lot of people may have been not in the playoffs because they lost that first week because Aaron Rodgers blew his – allegedly blew out his ACL or whatever his Achilles – but um, no, I, I definitely like that opportunity. I mean, obviously, it's it's something that it it makes it easier for folks because you don't have that risk of of throwing someone like Lamar Jackson out there and hoping that he doesn't get hurt because you you will have someone that's going to just jump right back in there. Um, a fantasy football, I think the biggest thing is it's gotten so wide. I mean, there's so many people that don't even watch football, but they play fantasy football, and I think making a team quarterback will just open it up even more because there's less requirement on needing to know who the backup is and and who your starting quarterback is. Because I'm sure if I just ask somebody off the street, no one's going to know who the Indianapolis Colts quarterback is right now um, unless they actually play or subscribe to Fantasy Guru, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I think the team quarterback makes sense. And and that kind of changes your strategy because – you know, you guys were kind of giving uh, Sam Howell a hard time, but they're one of the, the top passing offenses in football. Um, they have been at, at some weeks. You know, he was up there for a while. So mm-hmm. you're going to get some of that. You're, you're, you're drafting more offensive coordinators than you're, than you're drafting, um, say, your, your quarterback pr- uh, protege. So. I'm big into the idea of Team QB. Kyle's big into this next idea, Scott, and that is playing Week 18. Uh, no one wants to play week 18. Everyone's panicked about playing week 18. There's only two teams that are still playing in week 18. How many of their players are resting, that kind of thing. So talk to us about two things. One, do you think it's a good idea to play fantasy seasonal through week 18? And secondly, if you want to play week 18, do you want to have week 18 be the finals? Or would you like a two-week final where the final is actually week 17 and week 18? So the one thing I did notice in the last couple of years in the NFL, um, there's been so many teams that are still active fighting for that playoff spot. And I'd imagine it's going to be the same this year. I mean, there's AFC, especially those teams are going to be fighting. So I do like 18 being a, a, a an option. I also like the fact that, you know, you, you get rewarded for doing research All right, you, you get rewarded, not so much having the best draft, but also finding that gem. And if you're able to find, Zaheer White on week 18. I know he's playing now, but, it's, you know, they bench Jacobs and Zaheer White starting. I think he should get rewarded for for kind of knowing the guy to pick up, the backup, if they're going to be resting, folks. So I do like that idea. Um, I do like the two weeks playoffs, regardless if it's the last week, because you have bad weeks. I mean, I faced Amari Cooper this week. So the guy had 57 points, and I lost by 57. Of course, you know, there's there's people <laughs> come back and – and, and win this week, but you know, I think it should be two weeks because there's always that bad, um, that bad week that you could run into, especially if you're the number one seed. It seems like it always happens week one in the playoffs, but I'm, I'm Scott down with week week. 
I'm down yeah, with week. Well, we like to hear that. We appreciate hearing that. We're getting them on board one by one, ready to play week mm-hmm. 18. We are. Um, last thing, Scott, it, it doesn't deal with the NFL or tight ends, but uh, college bowl season. And and I know you and the crew on the college football side, uh, this is a fun time of year. Every day there's a fresh slate. You've got college football on Monday, college football on Wednesday. Um, I think you've got the write-up and the coverage for Friday and Saturday, which are both really um, exciting slate. It's kind of the big games. We're starting to see the big teams, top 25 matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, four games on Friday, four on Saturday. Uh, what games are you kind of honing in on at this point? You'll have the write-up later in the week, but what, what are the games that stand out to you from the college football DFS side this weekend? Uh, so one of the interesting games, I think, is going to be the Clemson-Kentucky uh, game. Uh, Clemson has had a down year in their eyes. Uh, I think it's an opportunity also for Kentucky to 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 show that they they can hang with a, you know a top terrier program. Uh, most of their players are going to play. Um, Ray Davis, who's going to be a, a top NFL draft pick, he's actually going to play. He wants to play out his last game, so I think that game is going to be worth watching. And then you know, being an Ohio State fan, um, they're playing Missouri. It's going to be a great game. I, Missouri has most of their guys playing. Um, if you've never seen this Burden kid, he's one of the greatest uh, mm-hmm. wide receivers in college football. Fantasy-wise and just athletic-wise, he was the number one recruit coming out of high school. Um, so Cook and him have been a great combination all year. Um, and then Ohio State, I mean, they obviously had McCord transfer to Syracuse. So you're going to have, um, you know, Devin Brown, potentially the guy that's going to be competing next year for the starting uh, positions uh, playing. I don't know if Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be playing. Uh, you know, there's a couple of guys that uh, are still depending on whether or not they're going to decide if they're going to opt out yet. But I haven't got word on that. I hopefully can get word today or tomorrow. And then on, uh, I think, the uh, Saturday slate, the big game was um, – hang on, I had it written down here. Sorry. I wouldn't know, Scott, so, so I can't help you with that. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah so. So it's the uh, the old Miss Penn State game, and the reason why I like that it's an SEC Big Ten game. You know, I always feel like these Big Ten teams should be. You know, what your measuring stick has always been SEC in college football. So Penn State, uh, interesting thing for Penn State, if they win the Peach Bowl, they will be the first team ever to win the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and Peach. <laughs> Rose, yeah, Cotton, sure. Fiesta, 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 yeah. All six New Year's teams, uh, games. They've never, nobody's ever done that. So, fun fact, I guess you can, you know, do trivia, you know, mm-hmm. on, on Tuesday if that happens when you go back to work. You so. know, back to that uh, Friday game, I am a Mizzou grad. So, oh, let's hope Marvin Harrison sits out because that's mizzou's got win. i don't care if ohio state's rolling out their backups that's still a big one for mizzou <laughs> no, <laughs> it is. i mean you know i i really thought they had a chance against georgia this year so i mean missouri's yeah. a great great team so i mean i'm i think i'm more surprised that you actually graduated college <laughs> i get it yeah yeah and and for luther burden he is so good to scott's yes. point that even the l frank family has bought frozen pizzas with luther burden's nil image on the pizza box. Yeah. So wow. he's making money off of pizza as a college kid, which pizza was kind of crappy, but, but he's a good player. I'll tell you that. Yeah, uh, Scott, a pleasure, man. We got to do it again. I know, you know, matching up things, middle of the day, all that stuff is never easy, but uh, thanks for jumping on board and uh, have a great new year. Good luck this weekend with NFL DFS, college football DFS. And you're always in discord. You're one of the regulars in there, right? 
Yeah, I'm just hanging out waiting for Ray's uh, 2024 draft ranking so I can you know, draft. <laughs> so. We're all waiting for those. They're they're, yeah, all- they're they're put together now. We're efforting to get them out there to yeah. the public. So yeah. I sure as hell hope you didn't take Christmas off. Did no, you? I did. Yeah, I know, right? How dare anyone take one day a year off? No, and Ray did take Christmas off because I he and I were going to host a show together. And Ray said, hell no, I'm not yeah. hanging out with Kyle on Christmas. So. If I knew Ray Scott would be there, maybe I'd change. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, that's my one day off. And even though, like you said, Scott, some people don't want to give you one day. It's, it's quite the world. <laughs> Scott, we will give you the rest of the day off from us. But uh, we'll bother you again later in the winter. Have a good one, okay? All right. Happy New Year, guys. You bet. Scott Bonder hanging out with us here on Family Football, both pro and collegiate, and uh, yeah, for college football, there's I think uh, three or four games again today, and every single day at fantasyguru.com, those guys are giving you cheat sheets, write ups, uh, helping you enjoy the college football bowl season, which is really going to pick up with a lot of the bigger schools and bigger games and bigger matchups all coming up down the line. Speaking of matchups, uh, as is usual on a Wednesday here on the show, we give you your first look at uh, the upcoming week of NFL, so let's give you the rundown. We got that Thursday night game, Jets and Cleveland. Uh, Browns favored by seven and a half. The over under there is 35. Uh, Ray, your overall feeling on Flacco. I'm, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I know you and Rich Mileto are going to be hanging out, but you know, it's, it's really difficult. Like Scott noted, we're getting 40 plus passes a week. I don't think that changes really against the Jets. I would may, maybe the Browns get up like 21 to three and, and then they scale it back. And I guess there's a fear of that occurring, but I don't like the idea of Flacco this week, but I realize some people may be forced into that corner. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cinderella, Pumpkin, it, it all could end, you know. Losing and, the flipper, I think, is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we have Flacco 15 or 16 in the rankings this week that just were released uh, at fantasyguru.com. And um, because of the state of the position, I don't disagree with that. I do think it's difficult, though. Uh, the matchup is a tough one. Uh, there all the, there have been many many passes thrown that could have been interceptions, living mm-hmm. on the edge a little bit. Uh, they have not been very effective running the ball since Flacco. Not that they had many opportunities, but even when they have, you would think they'd have more success running the ball because they're so able to you know open things up with the passing attack. But it's it's been rough. So I you know Flacco's going to be out there for people in Championship Week. I would feel very uneasy about that. Yeah. Detroit-Dallas on Saturday night. It's the only game on Saturday. Uh, it's a big I'm a little surprised, Ray, to see Dallas favored by six. Now, they're the home team, and they've been a world beater at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Detroit's been playing for the season good football. Not great football. They've had their burps and hiccups and speed bumps and all that. But I, I'm still surprised to see Dallas by six. The over-under, they're 53 and a half, which... I'm trying to recall the last game this year, Ray, that has had a, a lead into the game with an over-under like that. I mean, 54 almost. Uh, there's been maybe three or four games all season that have gotten that high on the Vegas total. Yeah, and I mean, those are two offenses, obviously, that could put up 60 points and no one would be surprised, right? Um, the Cowboys, I think, are they leading the league? Are they second in the league in points? Um, they, that's – I'm not – I mean, to me, I'd be more – interested in the over under than the the plus my cowboys got to be favored in this game like you said Kyle. you get a couple points in yeah. being at home and they're the better i, team. I would make it more like four yeah you know, yeah yeah, yeah. And, and six isn't like crazy but no. just too hot. it is a big number for a team that just clinched its division i mean on the surface yeah. yeah uh sunday i mentioned the early slate it's 10 games in that one o'clock window 
San Francisco at Washington, 49ers favored by 13 and a half. Uh, total is 49. Arizona's at Philly. Eagles favored by 11, 48 and a half is the number there. Uh, the Bears are hosting Atlanta. Chicago favored by 338 is the total. Uh, Biggie, Dolphins and Ravens. Ravens favored by three and a half, 47 is the number. Early read on Tua for this game, Ray. And, and we should note Tyreek Hill will be there, but Jalen Waddle is a big question mark for this game on Sunday. Yeah, I think if you have Tua and you grab Flacco, that's it's a tougher call than you would think, you know. And uh, the, the, Tua's done a very good job, but this is what we've talked about for two years now. He's done a very good job, even though his numbers haven't been very big, leading the offense, having them move the football, that kind of stuff. But the numbers just, you know, I mean, it's he's not able to do it himself, which is fine. You know, again, they're winning all these football games. They're going to make the playoffs. Just like the Niners with Brock Purdy, these guys need the pieces around them to be there. And with Tyree Kill, now it's Jalen Waddle. I mean, so I think that he's right there to it on the – the QB one border uh, and, you know, you'd like to feel with that matchup and, you know, the matchup that he could overcome it with all his pieces without all the pieces. It's tough. Patriots are uh, on the road in Buffalo bills favored by a dozen 40 and a half is the number saints and bucks. I guess that's a important playoff matchup, I guess. Uh, Tampa favored by a field goal. 42 and a half is the number there. Carolina's at Jacksonville. Sounds like Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. Jacksonville favored by seven 38 is the number. Uh, three other early games, Rams at the Giants. Rams on the road favored by six. 42 is the number. Vegas at Indy. Colts are favored by three. 43 and a half is the number. And then Tennessee at Houston. Houston by three and a half. And again, the news, C.J. Stroud expected to practice on Wednesday. Uh, that number may change slightly if he gives it a go come Sunday. And then three late games on Sunday afternoon. Pittsburgh visits Seattle. Seahawks a three and a half point pick. Kansas City, Ray, I guess I get it, but Kansas City favored by seven, home against Cincinnati. With the way they've been playing, it's kind of wild to see a seven-point number next to Kansas City right now. Yeah, and we've talked about this a lot, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't think you do either, but they're, they're, against the spread, they, they haven't been very good the last two yeah, years, right? they're always overrated by the Yeah, by the, yeah. yeah. and I, I again, I get the number of seven. I think that's high. Yeah, I, to me, that number popped as one that's like, that's higher than you would think. Chargers uh, playing out the spread, playing out the rope, if you will. Uh, they're on the road at Denver. Broncos favored by five. And then Monday night, Green Bay at Minnesota. Uh, we know Jordan Love will be the quarterback for the Packers. No idea who the Vikings will go with, but the Vikings are favored by a point and a half. 46 is the mark there. Uh, a couple of questions in the chat room, and these have been coming in throughout the hour, but um, let's just pull up a few. If you uh, Let's see. Um, Sally lost Hawkinson. Replacement options, Tucker Craft, Jawan Johnson, Tyler Higby, Janu Smith, and Logan Thomas, right? <laughs> Have at it, my good man. You got, you got a preference there? Oh, I get to answer this one, Kyle. Thanks. I will yeah. say this. I, yeah. I would probably go Craft just because he has been fairly involved every single week that he's been out there. And mm -hmm. It's not huge. It's like four catches. Mm -hmm. But if I get 440... We all want the touchdown. I get, and any of these guys can score the touchdown. But 440, I feel pretty good with Kraft, if, if that's my low bar of looking at this position. Well, do you want to take the chance on 14 points or two, or do you want to get to the seven or eight like you're talking about? And that's kind of, you know, you can use that a little bit to answer your question. 
Uh, I think that one thing with Tucker Craft, he's got to stop hurdling people. Dude's going to break his balls. Like, you got to stop, man. Like, you're athletic. We all know it, but stay on the ground. Uh, but the, I, I have slight concern. This is not – Musgrave could be active this week. He's eligible to return. Okay. We, we haven't got any confirmation that that's remotely going to happen. But that's – you know, I'd hate to go Craft. Then Musgrave's out there playing 30 snaps. But of these options currently, I agree with you, Craft would be the best one. Fantasy Arnold, uh, looking for a QB Tua, who we were just talking about. Are Mullins, Bryce Young, Tyrod Taylor, Jake Browning, Jacoby Brissett? I have to go Tua, Ray. Mm -hmm. And I get it, the matchup and not having Waddle. But these guys are so ugly that I'm not. <laughs> if I've got Tua, who's a top 10 quarterback for the season, I'm not benching him, even with the matchup, to turn to guys like Tyrod Taylor or Bryce Young. Yeah, Brissett making his first start of the year. That, if you want to roll the dice to QB two, okay, can't can't be starting him. I would not feel comfortable with that. Browning's okay, you know, but Browning against Kansas City, we just talked about the spread and everything. I think Browning's quarterback twenty this week. He's not exciting. Terod Taylor, the Giants are terrible. I'm not going that route. Man. Bryce uh, Young threw for three hundred yards for the first time last week. Don't make the mistake of ignoring the previous three months. Like don't don't chase points there. And then Nick Mullins might not be the quarterback. So yeah. it's got to be Tua from that group. Uh, streaming defense, Bill. Um, options are Broncos, Rams, or Vegas. Uh, Vegas is at Indy. Rams are at the Giants. Broncos are hosting the Chargers. I I, I know the Broncos didn't do much last week against New England. I, I lean Denver. I don't mind the Rams either. If you wanted to go that route, I, I think the Rams are in a pretty good spot. Uh, but I think Denver being home against Easton Stick is a spot I want to get to. Vegas at Indy, and and he mentions, I don't play team defense that way. I don't. Some people do, Ray. They'll they'll see what they did against the Chiefs. They'll see that the Raiders, you know, have their back against the wall trying to make the postseason, keeping Antonio Pierce as their coach. All I I don't play that game. Mine is always, are you home, and who are you facing as a quarterback? And honestly, I'm going to take my shot against Easton Stick than I will against Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams, which is what we have in the rankings over at FantasyGuru.com. But I agree with Kyle. The, the the third choice for me would be the Raiders. They'd be at the bottom. Uh, you know, Terod Taylor is usually pretty good at avoiding turnovers, usually. I think there's a much higher likelihood of the big turnover with DeVito than with Taylor. But Taylor also has a propensity he's had of late. I'm just not playing four quarters of football. You know, it's just he's been beat mm. up an awful lot. The offense is not good. Uh, they don't have anyone at all that they can turn to consistently as a pass catcher. Um, I'm going with the Rams, uh, but that's a tough call. Got to keep things moving here. So unable to get to all these questions, but again, you can always head over to discord and uh, fire them to the talents and the analysts that are in there. Uh, Ray, of course, will be here tomorrow with Rich Mileto, a uh, full hour of those guys. I'm back on Friday. So we'll have some more time Thursday and Friday to do some questions uh, before we sign out here, Ray quickly in baseball and nothing is huge here, but Kevin Kiermeyer going to be back with Toronto. Um, Martin Maldonado, who can't hit a lick, but I guess he can still catch. How old is he? 36, 37? He's pretty old. Evan, I think it is, Go, Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's leaving Houston, uh, going to the White Sox for $4 million. Uh, Cleveland makes a trade with the Yankees, right? Estevan Floreal. Now, I remember like three, four years ago, Estevan Floreal was like a thing. Right. But now he's 26. I, I will say this, right? What... I'm not saying he will be this player. He's not, right. but I'm just going to say this, Ray. Um, there was a guy named Adelise Garcia who couldn't find a spot with the St. Louis Cardinals for years. 
He was killing it at AAA, but he was already too old. He got aged out. The Cardinals gave him away to the Texas Rangers, and he's become a superstar. Um, Esteban Florialre really tore it up at AAA last season for the Yankees, but he's old for AAA, and there's nowhere to play with the Yankees. We'll see. Cleveland specializes in this kind of crap, where other teams just have too many options, and they pick up a guy for nothing. He might be a starter for them. I think in 2024. Yeah, and they're talking about adding a guy that will hit more than five home runs if he plays all season too, which is weird for the Guardians. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the, the scouting, it's probably 60, 70 in the power, maybe 60, 70 in the speed too. This is a guy that's got legitimate, you know, 2020 aspirations if he was yeah. able to play every day. And we saw that last year with 25, 25 on the farm. He played like 100 games. Uh, he's got skills. Uh, now there's holes. And like you said, this has taken far too long and development and all that, but there have been players uh garcia being a great call that we have seen you know make this move that 10 20 30 years ago guys hit 26 it was over you're just buried at triple a maybe you get a call up and you get a month here and there floreal has got a chance to to be something and we'll talk more about him as we get closer to the start of the season get more clarity on his mm -hmm. uh his playing time situation but right now if you're doing an early draft and you got an, an only setup throw a buck or two at him at the end uh, you might get a huge payoff on that and if you're doing an early draft, Ray, is Wander Franco even getting drafted? I, I guess he is, but just a, there was a report yesterday that authorities raided like two houses in the Dominican. And for those who don't recall the story, Franco was accused, was being investigated uh, for having relations with an underage uh, gal. Um, he's back in the Dominican, but they raided these houses yesterday, Ray. I guess they were looking for Wander Franco and they did not find him. I it's tough to imagine him playing this season, I guess, at this juncture. Yeah, he's been really tough because, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm starting to do the rankings for 2024 at FantasyGuru.com. And, like, you know, he should be six or five or three. Like, he should be there, right? Maybe even higher. Do I put him at 39 or do I just not even – because it's like, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm being a coward if I put him at 39. Like, he's either in there at five or he's <laughs> out completely. Uh, and I think right now I'm leaning toward out completely. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, this, this, you know, the story does not seem to have a resolution. And until there's a resolution, he's not getting back out on the field. So well, baseball still has him on like whatever yeah. the exact term is, but he's in effect suspended by baseball. And right. even if nothing truly came out of this, like he's standing trial, he could still be, I mean, Trevor Bauer Trevor was Bauer. never convicted of anything and he's yeah. out. <laughs> I mean, he can't get a job. So I don't want to say that with Franco. It's a long way, but it's, it's really uncertain right now for him. And I wonder, and just as a broader picture, that you know, he got an 11-year, $182 million mm. contract, I think. And I wonder if teams are now, you know, it, you sign the guy early to save the money on the back end, but what yeah. if the guy's not available to play? I mean, that yeah. I wonder if teams are going to start to, you know, because when you're investing in a 20-year-old, a 22-year-old. contract get voided if you're in jail? <laughs> I've seen it. Twice. There's a moral clause and everything yeah. like that. But, but you know what I'm saying. It's like you're investing yeah. all this in, you know, 22-year-old, 20-year-old players. Churio got this contract. Like, I get it, but these are young men, and sometimes young guys make bad decisions. We've all been there. I have. Okay. We got to run. Uh, that'll do it for a Wednesday. Uh, again, Rich Maletto and Ray hanging out tomorrow, 11 a.m. Uh, Ray and I will be back together on Friday. Uh, keep the questions coming in Discord. Uh, use that promo code FSD20, 20% off anything and everything at fantasyguru.com. Uh, Ray, have a pleasant remainder of your Wednesday, and uh, I'll see you on Friday, okay? Sounds good, Kyle. Show is coming your way tomorrow, 11 a.m., right here, Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by fantasyguru.com.